Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Just a guy. Really. Would you open uh, to Mark as we read together Mark's account of Jesus coming into Jerusalem as king on Palm Sunday. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Excuse me, 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street tied at a doorway, and they untied it. Some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us, and we pray that you would send your spirit to us to settle that very word into our hearts in ways that bring us life to the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus was just a guy. One year at Easter, we found um, hard-boiled decorated eggs in our, in our lawn for the Easter egg hunt. Uh, not sure how that happened. There was probably some mix-up in the Easter events department somewhere. But somehow the plastic eggs with the candy on them were not available that year. And I'm not, not sure why. No reason to cast blame on any direction. But it was the real uh, hard-boiled decorated eggs that we found in our lawn uh, for the Easter egg hunt on Easter morning. And it was kind of nice. It felt sort of old-fashioned. It felt sort of authentic. But not all of the eggs were found. And the thing about real eggs is that if you don't find them on Easter morning, they present themselves <laughs> a few days later. And here's the point. Sometimes we have a hard time discriminating between what's real and what's false. What are the Oakleys and what are the Jokleys and what are the Folkleys? I, I love the... Uh, Danny's talk with the kids about that. That's better than my eggs illustration, actually. And when we're having a hard time discovering what's real and what's, what's false, we need the real to present itself. Will the real please step forward? Will the real Easter egg please present itself? 
We need the real to come forward. We would in many ways wish that Jesus would withdraw from his position and, and become just a normal person in the great line of historical figures. We would in many ways wish that he would just be an ordinary guy, a nice man like other men, but Jesus was unique. As much as it scandalizes us and sometimes makes it hard for us as his followers, Jesus was and is one of a kind, the Son of God. Jesus made himself known Lord and Savior. We've been running through these questions that skeptics raise or common misconceptions about Christianity. And what more common claim could there be but that Jesus was just a guy He was just like anyone else. Jesus was not divine. Jesus' death, his death was not uncommon or supernatural in any way. Jesus was was not anything special. He was just a guy. And then we, some of us anyway, made him out to be something of a divine figure out out of reverence. But he was just like you and me. The biggest problem with this, and you can look this up, is that the claims about Jesus' divinity begin almost immediately, almost as soon as as Jesus died. And you just can't create a legend that quickly. Historians have called the books to try to find any case of a legend or a myth developing instantaneously, and they can't find it. You see, legends and myths, they, they develop over, over decades, over centuries, when the actual facts of the events are lost in the fog of, of past history. They don't just drop onto the floor like that. People started saying Jesus was God immediately. It's actually not hard to argue that Jesus was special. Our calendar Our calendars attempt to correspond to the number of years since his birth. The world is a different place because of the brief ministry of this man. Jesus, his teaching inspired poverty relief, the establishment of hospitals, women's equality, children's education, designs on universal literacy, peace and reconciliation practices, family structures, mercy for the suffering, and on and on and on. Speaking of Jesus, Condoleezza Rice once wrote, there has never been a more important question in the history of humankind than who is this man, Jesus. And many on the day after his death would have easily written off his contribution to history. It seemed that his small part was over. And yet this one figure, Jesus of Nazareth, absolutely changed the history of the world. The secularist H.G. Wells, you know, the great science fiction writer, he was also an historian and wrote a lot of of analysis of history. And H.G. Wells, he said, I am a historian, I'm not a believer, but I must confess as a historian that the penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. So who was he? He wasn't just a guy. 
But we want to say Jesus was just a guy. Even those of us who are believers want to say it sometimes because to say that Jesus was special, to say that Jesus is God, is to say that not all spiritual paths lead to the same place. It's to say that maybe there's a way, there might be a single unique way found in Jesus, and we don't want to say that because it sounds, it sounds mean. It's called the scandal of particularity. So we withdraw from that. We wish Jesus would just be a normal person. Part of it is our consumer mentality that we just don't want to make a choice when it means shutting down other options. It's, it's FOMO, the fear of missing out, you know? I don't want to pick that because I don't want to commit to that because I don't know what's coming around that might be better the other way. It's, some of it is that, and, but, but some of it is a very noble impulse. You see, we live with and, and we walk with and we go through life with and we love people of all kinds of different backgrounds and, and all kinds of walks of life. We celebrate the beautiful diversity of the human race, the beautiful tapestry of cultures and we don't want to be domineering or judgmental. We want to be loving and open. You see, and these are two uh, beautiful impulses Uh, celebrating the beauty of of diversity and the impulse to humbly love and accept. Two beautiful things, just watch out that two good things don't combine in a way that becomes toxic. Uh, I was once in in, uh, army basic training, I was for a short time the leader in charge of cleaning the bathroom. The latrine. Oh, the glories of leadership, right? <clears throat> and among our cleaning supplies, we had ammonia and we had bleach. I thought these are both great things. I mean, they both, they're both doing a great job. And, uh, and, you know, I thought, well, why not? <laughs> Don't do that. I mentioned my leadership was a very short time. That was, <laughs> that's one way to not be in charge of cleaning the lit- Two good things, two powerfully good things, but in the combination, they become toxic, poisonous. Celebration, appreciation of diversity, desire to love and to accept all those around, two beautiful things. Don't let them collapse into one another to become agnostic pluralism. The point of view that says, I don't know. I don't know. No one can know. But I'm sure it will all work out. Friends, that point of view is actually poison. It's toxic to the soul. Better still uh, to love one another. Better still to stand on the courage of our convictions, to hold these in tension and to declare, I don't think Jesus Christ was just a guy. Jesus Christ was special. He revealed himself in some particular and peculiar ways. I believe Jesus is God come to save us. He was not just a guy. And this is good news. See, we try to protect our, our friends from Jesus. We try to protect Jesus from, from the scandal of particularity but better still to stand on the courage of our convictions. I remember a a friend, a conversation with a Jewish friend in college and he came to me angry one day and he said, do you believe this? Do you believe that salvation is through Jesus? I said, yes, I do, I do. 
He said, do you believe that it only comes to those who accept him? I said, yes, I do. Uh, But it's open to all. It's open to all who would trust in his name. And I thought he was going to jump on me, you know, for being so close-minded, for being so, uh, so singular. But what he said to me was this. He said, Tim, when were you going to tell me that? You see? He said, Tim, I thought we were friends. And he said, I might not believe that. I might not ever believe that, he said, but Tim, I can't imagine believing that I know the way to eternal life and not telling my friend. Amen. Amen. (laughs) He said, I thought we were friends. We want to try to protect people from Jesus, protect Jesus from people. Jesus has made a way of salvation, a way. It is our confident belief. Better to admit it. Jesus was not just a guy. Jesus is God come to save us. He reveals himself. Amen. Let's look at how Jesus rides into Jerusalem to reveal himself on Palm Sunday. See, Jesus doesn't leave us the option to call him just a guy. He doesn't leave that option open to us. Verse one, as they approached Jerusalem he, and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, say, the Lord has need of it. You see? Say, the Lord. Who needs it? The Lord needs it. That's what you say. And you bring it back here. And I'll bring it back shortly. Now, now, Whose plan is this? Jesus makes it very clear from the beginning, this is my plan and you can be a part of it. It's my plan, but you get to be a part of it. The disciples are not back there cooking up some way to make Jesus to look like more than he is, to make him out to be more than he, than he is. No, no. Jesus says, this is my plan. Verse four, they went and found a colt outside in the street tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? Can we pause here for just a minute? Don't miss the humor in the Bible. Jesus says to these disciples, he said, why don't you go on ahead, go on ahead, go up to the village. Uh, You're gonna get there, you're gonna see a Tesla parked on the side of the road. Uh, keys are in the car, just hop in, drive it back here to me, right? Or it's a colt of a donkey, maybe it's not a Tesla, it's more like a Honda Civic or something like that. But anyway, it's not your car, but you just jump in there and ride it back to me, okay? And what's going on in that moment? What's going on here? People come around and say, uh, what, 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 what are you doing? And now I want you to think what is happening inside the hearts of the disciples. We know what's going on in the mind of the owner of the colt, and we know that much is clear. But what is happening in the heart, in the mind of the disciples? Can you get there with them? Can you imagine that you're stepping forward and you're untying somebody else's colt and your hands are on the thing, and people are looking in, what are you doing? And you kind of turn, 
And this is the moment, you see. You see, I want you to see this is the moment. This is the, this is the crisis moment, the tipping point, the threshold. This is the gate. This is the key moment when the disciples decide within themselves, in their own mind, they're in that crisis where they're doing what Jesus has said to do. And they must decide. They must walk through this threshold where they decide, I'm going to follow the way of Jesus. Do you see it? This seems crazy, this seems unlikely, this isn't smart, there's nothing that makes sense. Lord, how did you get me into this mess where I'm untying somebody else's animal in the middle of a town that I don't know and, and all these people are looking at me and, and this is where they walk through. It's at verse six. They say, Jesus told me what to do and I'm gonna trust him, I'm gonna do it. Verse six, if you've never underlined verse six, In this passage, underline verse six. It's right here, look at it together. They answered as Jesus had told them to. This is my plan, says Jesus. And you get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of my plan if you will push through the moment of crisis, if you will walk past the threshold. This is my plan to reveal myself, to bring life to the world, and you get to be a part of it, but you must step out. You have to step out of the boat and walk on the water. You have to step into the village and heal the sick that you don't think you have any power to help. You have to step forward and speak to people of the light and the life of Jesus Christ. People have no idea what it means to know a God who is there and who loves them. You get to be a part of my plan of revealing myself, but you must pass through the moment of doubt and into the confidence of faith and you won't know, you won't see, you won't believe until you believe and you trust. And you do what I told you. They answered just what? As Jesus had told them to. They did it. Jesus rides into Jerusalem fulfilling a small raft of prophecies about the coming Messiah and down the Mount of Olives, up the other side to the eastern gate into the city of David, verse nine. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heavens. You see, Jesus Jesus rides in uh, among a crowd of, of walkers. He rides in up, not too high up. I mean, it was just a, just a colt of a donkey. But he rides in head and shoulders over all those walking in for the Passover celebration. In the middle of the throng, Jesus is up and above for all to see into the city of David, the city of God, Zion. Up the hill to the mount where Abram almost sacrificed Isaac. Up to the temple mount, In fact, he goes right up to the temple itself, walks right in, surveys it all, and then exits. And the people who saw him cried, Hosanna. You see, they knew. Not all who look to Jesus know. Not all who look to Jesus Christ can see and know that this is the Savior, but they knew. When he looked at Jesus, don't you know? Don't you see? 
God saves, Hosanna, God saves. God has come, God is present in Jesus Christ. Jesus reveals himself today. He was not just a guy, Jesus is Savior and Lord. See, Jesus rides in head and shoulders above. He's, Jesus is head and shoulders above all in history, but more than that, there's none like him. You know what the difference is between religion and faith in Jesus Christ? Religion is what we do to try to please God. If I do this, then God has to reward me with this. If I do it this way, then God has to give me what I want. Religion, all religions, offer advice. Let me give you advice. You do this to get to God. You do this to, to, to obligate God to give you blessing. You do this to find contentment, to find, to find peace, to find the good life. You do this. I give you advice. Only Jesus, only Jesus rides in and says, forget the advice. You can't get to God, but I am God, and I have come to you. Jesus is an advice. Jesus as an event. God has come to us. Rest all your hope in him. This event begins Passion Week, the week of Christ's suffering and death. Remember what Jesus has come to do. Jesus has come into the city to die. He knows very well that he's riding toward the cross where he would suffer and pour out his life, his whole life, pour out his blood, his whole blood, to pay a penalty that you and I could not pay and cover a debt that you and I could not cover. We pray, forgive us our debts. See, our sin creates a debt. God gave me life. God entrusted me with life, but I I spoiled it. I, I spoiled it rebelliously. I wasted it in rebellion, and now I owe a debt to God. I owe a debt, but it's a debt I can't pay. I can't pay my debt because I'm in debt. You ever try to pay your mortgage off with a credit card? You know, you ever try to pay your, uh, your Target card with your Kohl's card? The debt's still there. It doesn't move. When Jesus paid on the cross, he paid what he didn't know. And the credit he transferred to you and to me. He covered a debt we could not cover. He died to pay a debt we could not pay. When he paid on the cross, he paid a debt he didn't know and transferred the credit to all who would call on his name. Friends, that's not advice, that's an event. God has come and given his son to pay the penalty for your sins that all who believe in him and follow in him can have eternal life and not perish. This is not advice for you, this is the event. Jesus reveals himself, Lord God and Savior. God has come himself to save and to redeem. We've walked through this series, all of us with friends with someone in mind. 
And I've heard so many stories as a pastor the last few weeks about friends and family who, who doubt and stay away from Jesus. One man told me one week, Tim, that's my brother. That's exactly my brother. That's what he's dealing with. He can't handle the idea that there's suffering in the world, that a good God would allow suffering. This man was actually reading a book to try to bring an answer to, to his brother. I got a letter from uh, a woman who said, what you said on Sunday, that's my daughter. That's exactly where my daughter is. She thinks that church is the wrong thing. She thinks church is actually bad for you. And thank you for that message. Now I understand where she is. We want to help. We want to, we want to turn things for them. We want to win. But we can't win the battle. So we offer the hope that's in us. We use 1 Peter 3.15 as our guide. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We want to help. We want to change the course. But we, we can't win the day. We don't try to, to beat anyone. We don't try to win the argument. But we try to winsomely, joyfully offer a witness to what we know of God, the hope of God that is in us in Jesus Christ. We try to remove obstacles and offer clues, but we can't win. Only Jesus can win. Only Jesus can remove the veil. Only the Spirit of God can penetrate the heart and open up the soul to the light of Christ. But don't you see, that's exactly what's happening. Jesus rides in. Jesus says, here I am. God says, look upon this one, my son, my beloved. Listen to him. God himself comes. I will come to save I will come to the city. I myself will tear open the curtain that divides. I will do it myself. As the Lord God has always said in Genesis 46 to Jacob, he said, I myself will go with you. Exodus 3 to Moses, I myself have come down to rescue my people. Isaiah 41, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you warm Jacob, you, you little Israel. Don't fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Jeremiah 23, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock. Ezekiel 34, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep. And look after them as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them. So will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I, what? I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. God always promised to come. He always promised to do this. He always promised to show up himself. I myself will come. God has come in Jesus. This is his plan and you can be a part of it. His plan to reveal eternal life, to bring life to the world that is lost to him. And you can be a part of it if you pass through doubt, the crisis of doubt, into the moment of faith. You believe in him and you trust and you answer as he's told you.
and put your faith in him. I close with this. Imagine a knight uh, being sent by a king on a great errand into a foreign land. Uh, only the knight gets captured and gets imprisoned and sitting there in the, in the dungeon far from home. The guard comes down, <coughs> opens the gate. <laughs> says, you can go. The knight sitting there, he says, what do you mean I can go? It's the king. He sent someone to pay your debt. He sent his son to pay your ransom, and you can go, and any, any like you who call on his name, you can go. What's the knight to do? See, he doesn't believe. He says, I can't believe that. I can't believe that the king would spend his son on me. Friends, how long will you sit in your prison when the gates have already been opened, the price has been paid by Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Step toward, follow on, move through the crisis of doubt into the joy of faith and no salvation in him. Let's pray. Lord, there is none like you in all of history This is the crux of it, Lord. You've called us to come to you, to share in the life that you've brought, to know your glory. Lord, grant us faith, grant us courage to answer as you have told us, to believe in you and follow in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.